0: Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the prayer line. Welcome to the prayer line. This morning, we are chasing after God. Woo, say that with me this morning. I'll forever be chasing after you. Woo, did you feel that? Mmm, I'll forever be chasing after you. We're chasing after you this morning, Father. We're seeking your face and not... Your hands. We're seeking your face and not your hands. And so, Father, we honor you, we bless you, we magnify you this morning. We thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your loving kindness, and we thank you for your grace. Said in your word, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. That's Psalms 92. We always pray Psalm 91. That's Psalms 92, verse 1 and verse 2. So I want to say good morning, first of all, to God our Father. Good morning, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We're on the road, my God, to crucifixion, resurrection, and Pentecost. It's amazing how time is going. I want to say good morning to our church family. Thank you for being a part of New Destiny community. We want to say good morning also to those who are calling around from Around the nation, or if you're calling in from out of the country, wherever you're calling in from, thank you for being a part of this community this morning. Thank you for being a part of our time of prayer and our time of devotion. Want to say good morning also to every pastor on the line. Thank you for answering the call. You are desperately needed in these dark times and these troubling times, and we thank God for you, and we thank God for the anointing that is upon your life. And so I want to introduce our team this morning. We have with us Sister Shirley Burks. She will be praying over our prayer request this morning. Sister Shirley, how are you this morning?
1: Good morning, Bishop. I am wonderful, and all is well.
0: I love it. All is well. All is well. All mm-hmm. is well. You know, Third John 2 said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and being helped, even as that soul prosper. But when you look at that translation from the Amplified Bible, he says, I, be- beloved, I wish above all things that you may as prosper and keep well, even as I know your soul will prosper and keep well. So you keeping well is based upon the prosperity of the mind. Ooh, the prosperity of the mind, of the soul. And so we, we have with us this morning, all the way from Augusta, and I believe they're in the season of the masters. They're in the season of the masters, so they're getting ready to have golf people everywhere in, in in their city. And so we thank God for Pastor Tommy Powell that is on with us this morning. Pastor Powell, how are you this morning?
2: I'm fine. Can you hear me?
0: We can hear you loud and clear. Oh, that's
2: awesome. That is awesome. Man, we're doing well here. Um, Can't complain at all. If I complained, I'd make the wrong people happy. So, my confession is I'm on the north side of Fabulous.
0: Well, uh, thank you for hanging out on the north side. You know, I think you hang out on the best side because that side definitely helps your attitude. And so. It, I can mess with
2: you early in the morning.
0: <laughs> well, you know me, I'ma be myself. So, but it's the truth. It helps your attitude because, man, you, you, how you look at life, the outlook you have on life, you'll be surprised. It's gonna determine whether you're gonna go up or you're gonna go down. So, always have a good outlook on life. And you, you know, when you have a good look outlook on life, you gotta understand something. The enemy will try whatever he can. To get you off your game plan. So, remember, I said Sunday, the enemy's not going to pay any attention if you're standing still. He, you know, he ain't fooling exactly. with no parked no park cars. But as soon as you start making a decision, you're going to move forward. As soon as you make a decision, you're going to get up off the couch. You make a decision, you're going to get in the game. Let me tell you something, you're going to get his attention. And so.
2: Yes, so interesting you said that, Bishop. You said as soon as you make a decision, you might not even be moved, but once you make a decision in your heart, he's coming for you.
0: My Lord. Well, hey, we just played double Dutch. <laughs> I'll turn the rope. You jump. It's your turn.
2: It's my turn.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll turn it over to you.
2: Amen. Amen. <laughs> Our devotional that was assigned this morning is Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12. Give you a little time to turn there on your in your Bible or your smart device. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12. And if you don't know where it is, the table of contents belongs to you. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse number 12. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent, those who say in their hearts, they're not even saying it out loud, they're having an inner conversation here, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. Their goods shall be plundered, and their houses laid waste. Uh, as I looked at what was assigned this morning from the the team there in California, I thought, "Wow, that's an interesting scripture And I wanna bring out a point here, just one point in our ten minutes together that I think we should think about. and if we have time at the end, we can recircle and uh, say some other things but the, the scripture for the devotion is verse 12, but to put it in a little context here, I read verse 13, and I want to read verse 11. It says, well, O inhabitants of mortar, for the traitors are no more. All who weigh out silver are cut off. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will, do, will not do good or will he do evil or ill. Uh, the first thing is this, I, I, um, I I'm i astounded let me say that, I'm astounded at our bishop's spiritual acumen in this season. I think I was on with you a few months back and I was saying the same thing. I'm, I'm astounded at his spiritual acumen and his precision um, not just with the word of God but with the move and the happenings of God, the man is very, very uh, in alignment with what God is doing, and it's no coincidence. I was so blessed by the last series he did on our identity. Uh, I, I didn't miss a Sunday listening to that. Uh, I thought it was profound. I thought it was a breakthrough message that I knew I needed to hear. But I'm, 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 I'm continually growing with great awe. And how Holy Spirit is moving in our bishop's life, with this scripture, he talks about complacency he's been he talked Sunday about complacency, and I, I want you to write this down. There are stages in life, there are a series and a sequence to everything in life. Um, and there's a sequence where you see it happening here. You see this sequence, first prosperity then complacency say it again first plus prosperity then complacency from there we'll move to normally we'll move to crisis or an enlightenment uh but i just want to stay with these these first two stages here prosperity then complacency now watch this it it, it says in verse 11 that the traders are no more, those that count gold, or that weigh silver, they're going to be cut off. In verse 13, now, it comes back to how our goods are going to be plundered, how it's laid waste. And what is, is, a, is a Hebrew picture of a time of prosperity? It's a time of prosperity. Now, listen to me carefully. Times of prosperity usually lead to us being complacent and comfortable. I'm going to say that again. In the stages of life, you see it all through the scriptures, times of prosperity usually lead to times of complacency. And now you see where the prosperity has gotten life all out of order for the people of Israel, and a lot of times in our lives, and not just our lives, but in the lives of nations. Because now what happens, people begin to depend on prosperity, and prosperity becomes their God, and no longer are we seeking first the kingdom of God. And so now we become comfortable, we become complacent. The word complacent here means self-satisfied or trusting in self. Now, a lot of people will say to me, well, Pastor, we don't trust in ourselves. Let's test it. Let's test it. See, because I know this. I know the the, the, the stages are, are are true. I know the pattern here. Prosperity usually leads to complacency, and it can be it, here. It's it's financial prosperity that 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 the text suggests, but it could be prosperity relationally. Let's say you you've gone a long time and and there has you've been alone and lonely. And Mrs. Wright or Mr. Wright comes along, and now he or she gets all of the time, gets all of the attention, but we find it hard to make time for God. We find it hard to make our way to the house of God. What we're doing now is in this time of relational prosperity, the relationship has become God. Let's see or let's 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 take it further um. We, we have in our lives a time where, oh, boy, we seem to be very overwhelmed with life. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody that's been very, very overwhelmed with life. The emotion of being overwhelmed is an indicator of our state of being. Let me say that again. That e- our emotions are an indicator of our state of being. When we're overwhelmed, that's an indication that we've become God in our lives and we are no longer casting our care on him. Why? For he cares for us. It's like an indicator on our car dashboard. See? And so as Bishop is administering, I'm thinking, Father, he's so pinpoint in talking about complacency because so many in the body of Christ have become self-satisfied, self-confident, depending on self, seeking convenience rather conviction. Rather than conviction, we've become lazy in a sense because of the season we just came through. Our nation is, 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 is in, a, in, a, in a place of complacency because with all of the money that the government pumped out and printed, now folks don't even want to work complacency is nothing more than trading a resource for the source or trading the source for a resource. I'm going to say it again. Complacency is no, nothing more than trading the source, God, for a resource, whether it be money, whether it be convenience, whether it be a relationship, whatever it may be, and God is saying through our prophet now, Let's be very aware that we don't get into this place of complacency because normally in God's mercy, after complacency comes a crisis or an enlightenment so he can shake us out of this complacency. Bishop, I, I applaud you for your, your spiritual acumen. I applaud you because when you use this word here, complacency, on Sunday, I about fell out my recliner. Because the word is a picture of where much of the church is. After the pandemic, folks have become so convenient and comfortable worshiping on a screen that now that things are open back up, we won't trade the God of convenience to get back in corporately worship. We've traded the God of relationship because I've been out of pocket so long. I hadn't had a successful life. We've become complacent. We've become self-satisfied. And God has so much that he wants to do in this day through his church. And in, in, in the time that I have left, I want to tell a quick story of, of complacency. A good friend of mine who is a woman of God, she was raised in foster care. She's gone through years of sexual abuse and She gets married. and Her husband cheats on her year after year after year. Finally, she decides, hey, I can't take it anymore. I'm I'm getting out. But as she's on her way out, she meets a young man. She's a devout Christian now. Watch what happens. Because of years and years of, of, of abuse, years and years of mishandling, years and years of, of never getting the love and attention that all of God's creatures, creation deserves. She trades God's way of doing things, God's way of order, and she begins to date this young man before she's married. She's happy, she's excited. The young man pays a lot of attention to her. She's telling me about it. I said, yeah, but you're a married woman. And watch what she says. She says, I know, but Pastor P, I've been faithful all these years. I've never stepped out on my marriage. All these years of abuse, all these years of, of him cheating, I've never stepped out. And my response to her was this. So now you're going to trade God's order for your own way because it makes you satisfied. She's become complacent and she's justifying it by the conversation she's having in her heart. New Destiny, those that are with us around the world, listen to me. I don't believe in blowing smoke. That ain't my, that ain't my role in life. And Bishop Smith will tell you. I'm telling you, though, Bishop Smith, his acumen, his alignment here coming into the new year has been something of And when he started ministering on identity, I'm like, something is different coming out of the spirit. And now he's talking about this, this, this disease of complacency. Coming out of prosperity, the next state is always complacent because we become self-satisfied with the resources, the new job, the money, the relationship, the convenience, the comfort, whatever it is. He's prophetically sending us a a warning. Don't let complacency and don't let the lies we tell ourselves in our hearts, not even telling other people, it's in our hearts. Take the place of God in this season because God has great and mighty things in store for us that we did not know of. In Jesus' name, I'm going to stop right there and pray. Father, I thank you right now for the grace that's on our lives. Lord, I want to thank you for the gift in the earth that you are building in Bishop Carl Smith. Thank you for his acumen. Thank you for his obedience. Thank you for his consecration of heart towards you and your word. Thank you for what you're doing in and through him. Father, thank you that you've begun a good work at him and you're completing it in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you for this great body of believers. I pray, God, Holy Spirit, you'll give us a heart check that we can begin to be conscious of what we're saying in our hearts that doesn't align with you. We give you honor and we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.
0: Bishop. Amen. Whoa. Look, Shirley, come on. I'm just going to, Shirley, it's your turn to jump Jump in here. I'll jump in. Jump in. I'm going to keep turning.
1: Oh, my God. I love those shit. Oh, my God, my God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, Lord. Oh, your word, oh, God, hallelujah. Oh, just give me a minute. Oh, that word, that word, that word, oh, God. Ooh, glory, glory, Lord God, thank you for that word that was just released, Lord God, to accomplish your divine purpose in the earth today. Father God, we come boldly to the throne of grace, exalting your name, and declaring the wonders of your majesty and love that endures from generation to generation, according to Psalms 145. And I just want to lift this up because God is so good. Father, we extol you, our God and King, and we will bless and praise your name every day, forever and ever. Father, you are great and greatly to be praised, and your greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and declare your mighty acts. We will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. We shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and declare your greatness and utter the memory of your great goodness and sing of your righteousness. Father, you are gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding. Thank you, Lord. Great in mercy and good to all. Your tender mercies are over all your works, and all your works shall praise you, O Lord our God. Father God, we will bless you and speak of the glory of your kingdom. Talk of your power. Make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glorious majesty of your kingdom. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Father, you uphold all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Our eyes look expectantly to you, and you give us our food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Father God, you are righteous in all your ways, gracious in all your works, near to all who call upon you in truth. Father, you will fulfill the desire of all who fear you, and you will hear their cry and save them. We thank you for preserving all who love you but we know the wicked you will destroy. Father, our mouths shall speak the praises of your name, and all flesh shall bless your holy name forever and ever. We give you praise for the awesome God you are. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we repent over anything that would hinder our prayers this morning and thank you for your mercy towards us. But we know we have not received what we deserve as declared in Psalms 103, verse 10. Father, we thank you for not letting us get complacent in our relationship with you. And we ask you to keep us moving forward so we escape your punishment according to Zephaniah 1 and 12. Father, we are grateful for your forgiveness and moving, removing, Lord, hallelujah, our sins and teaching us how not to become complacent but become confident in our faith, to have full trust and assurance of who you are, who we are in Christ Jesus. Father, we give you praise for the authority we have been given to speak life over every situation and circumstance your people will face this day in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have no submitted prayer request today. But I'm going to lift up, hallelujah, your people, God. Father, we stand in your presence and we pray for all people today, the believer, the backslider, and the sinner, for your will to be done in the earth of their lives. Father, as sons and daughters, we thank you for your protection to cover every born-again believer against hurt, harm, and danger as we move in this day to complete our assignment, standing on the word of God in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3, that declares you are faithful and will strengthen us, setting us on a firm foundation, and will protect and guard us from the evil one. Father, we bring before you every backslider and pray for their mindset of thinking the world is a better place to dwell than in your presence. Father, we pray for a burning desire in their spirits to return to the God of their salvation and be restored as a son that has access to the Father and knows whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, according to Romans 10 and 11. Father, we pray for every person that has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior to look at the world and become conscious of the times we are living in. And remember, there is a higher power than the power they think they have over themselves. May they embrace the opportunity to hear the good news of the gospel and believe what they hear and receive in their hearts, John three sixteen that declares, God so loved the world, hallelujah, and we thank him for loving us, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And, Father, we bring before you your throne, hallelujah, this morning, New Destiny's evangelism team and everyone that serves in an evangelism ministry, thanking you for their faithfulness commitment, and for being consistent in the work they do in the community. Father, thank you for every heart that has been touched by their service and everyone that has received and yet to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior through their witnessing. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy 2 and 4. Father, thank you for your strength, your word, and faith in the evangelism team that holds them up. When the task gets challenging, Father, continue to give them wisdom and discernment in how to move according to the Holy Spirit and trust you to do the work in the heart of those that need help and deliverance. Father, bless their families, jobs, and their home and never let them become complacent, but seek your face for the next assignment in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers for confidence for the believer, restoration for the backslider, salvation for the sinner. And strengthen a shield of protection around the evangelism team according to your time and your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. <clears throat> Sister Shirley, thank you so much for uh that wonderful prayer. I'm gonna call it a heartfelt prayer, it's more than wonderful, it's heartfelt. Um especially p- for praying for the leadership team. I believe it's really time that we gather our leaders because what God is about to do in our lives and in our ministry. And the reason I say our lives first is because, you know, you know, the momentum that God creates, it doesn't necessarily start at church. It starts in our homes, and then we come to church on fire, and then we come together, and then it just creates uh, more and more um you know, movement more and more, momentum. I want to go back to, excuse me, say just a couple of things. I want to highlight a couple of things that Pastor Powell um, brought to our attention this morning. He says, number one, there are stages in life. Very true statement. And we need to understand the stage that we're in. You know, there's stages in life. You can call them stages. You can call them seasons. Whichever you like. But there has to be understanding so there can be advancement. As he said, when we look at Jerusalem and the day of Zephaniah, they go from prosperity, then they go to complacency. Prosperity, to complacency. I want you to hear this. They go from, really, when you look at it, they go from revival to prosperity. So they had revival. Now, now because revival, God's blessing them, and so they go from revival to prosperity, then to complacency. And so what do we see here is there... Their their outward revival did not cause an inward conviction their outward revival they're going through the motion of revival revival is hitting the atmosphere they're going through the motion of revival they're being revived but it didn't cause an inward conviction therefore the atmosphere could not contain what God was doing, and the people in the atmosphere could not carry it. We have to remember revival is to be carried in the heart, into the community. Revival shouldn't just affect the church. Revival is supposed to spread out into the community, also into the region. And so we see that there was not an inward conviction because, as Pastor Powell said, I'm going to highlight another point. He says, complacency is trading the source for a resource. A source for a resource. And that's why I share it with you all. Complacency is the decay that snaps energy. It saps energy. Dull attitudes cause drain on the brain. The first symptom is satisfaction with things as they are. The second is rejection of things as they might be. Good enough becomes today's watchword and tomorrow's standard. Complacent complacent people, um, excuse me, complacency makes fear makes people fear the unknown. Mistrust the untried, abhor the new. Like water, complacent people follow the easiest course downhill. They draw false strength from looking back. And that's what complacent people do. Complacency, church, will never allow you to become confident, it will always hold you back. It'll never allow you to become confident. And God wants us to be confident. And that's why I said, according to 1 John 5, verse 14, and this is the confidence, the assurance and privilege of boldness, which we have in him, we are sure. In him, I want you to catch the revelation. In him, we are sure. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. In him, we we are sure. In Him, we are sure. See, I may not be sure in my own ability, but when His ability is on my ability, I am sure. And that's where God wants us. Let's go from complacency To being confident in the source, not the resources. If you put the source first, as Pastor Powell put it so wonderfully this morning, we'll always have resources. I want to go back to Pastor Powell. I'm gonna turn the jump rope again and let him come on back into this double dutch. Pastor Powell.
2: Thank you, Bishop. You know, Bishop, I I don't know that I have anything to add as much as as I I want to say this. Um, Complex. You know, I've always, um, reading scriptures, I always, I question the text, whether I'm questioning the text for deeper revelation or just scratching my head, like what in the world are you talking about? And um, one of the texts, Bishop, that for years, for years, I'm like, how in the whole world does James, in his book, uh, the book of James, refer to his family member, his brother, um, as a Lord? And it, it took me years, Bishop, to soak in the revelation. Because I'm like, if you're my brother, you're my brother. You're my family member. You're my family member. we well, ain't doing none of this stuff. Now. But then he got a revelation. And Bishop, I, I want to just say right now that you and I are brothers, and we're friends. With that, I'm starting to... Get a revelation that you're a man of God sent by God for a season and time such as this. What seems insignificant in your ministry and preaching, like a simple word, complacency, it echoes loud and reverberates loud in the spiritual realm and the heavenly realm. And I hope it echoes in, in, and reverberates in our hearts because. In this process of moving from revival to prosperity to complacency, the next steps are always going to be either enlightenment or crisis. And we want to hear what God is saying right now with this whole thing of complacency because I think right now complacency might be a greater enemy than the devil himself. Wow. I think right now
0: complacency
2: might be a greater enemy than the devil himself. Because the seasons that we've come through in the last two years, with money being pumped out like a magic wand, with the onset of Zoom and folks being able to watch a thousand services a day if they wanted to, it tra- it trains the heart to be complacent to desire convenience over conviction, to to desire comfort over diligence. And I just want to kind of echo your word. Saints, what God is speaking through, Bishop, may be one of the defining moments, let me say that, in this season. Don't let our hearts grow complacent. I, I, I could go into the heart and having these inner conversations like the people where they're saying in their hearts, they're thinking in their hearts, which most times is, is unconscious. We don't know it until we see the fruit of what's been going on down there. And we could talk about that if you wanted to. But more importantly, the man has laid out something that I think 20 years from now, we'll look back and say, God, dog, my man told us about complacency. When we see our children with no appetite for God at all. When we see our nation so given to idolatry that we, the church's presence isn't even noticed. I think this is a season. It's a defining moment that will define the trajectory of what God is doing in eternity, wanting to manifest in earth on this time, I think it's so important that we get that word complacency, and God grace us that we don't become a complacent church. Mm. I think I'll leave that Bishop.
0: My God, my Lord you, you made me jump, drop the jump rope now. <laughs> yeah,
2: you no, know, I think it's. It was so often we hit defining moments.
0: Yeah, it, it, they, it,
2: they don't. They don't come often. Mm. And with the defining moment comes terminology and words that should define that moment. And one of the words right now is complacency because I'm watching a church that God said is salt and light. That God said is the pillar and ground of all truth. I'm watching us become so complacent because convenience now, has taken over. I'm watching a church that's become voiceless while everybody's saying it's Biden that with inflation and it's Trump that made it. What about what the scripture just said? Maybe it's God interfering with our finances because a people has become too complacent. Maybe it ain't Biden or Trump. Maybe it's God. And there's nobody saying, stop pointing fingers across the board, and maybe we should look up. We've become complacent, Bishop. Man, let me tell you, you're on fire. Since you came in in 2022, I've been saying it to you. I've been saying it publicly. God is doing something in your heart, my man, and I'm here to listen to it.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. As I said last night on the Zoom with the men, I'm I'm humbled and honored. I really am. I'm, I'm very humbled and honored and i mean that with all my heart to um you know see what god is doing in a time like this but you know we have to listen to the the the, the leading of the holy spirit it's a sobering message and in, and in, in that's how you receive this you got to become sober in your thinking And if we're going to be under influence, we need to be filled with the Spirit. It means to be influenced by the Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to have the greatest amount of influence on your life. So that He can lead us and guide us into all truth. We have to get up and we have to get going. We have to embrace tomorrow. Understanding yesterday is over. We have to. We have to embrace our true identity and begin to understand our purpose for being in the earth realm. We have to allow God to cut us. Cut us, what do you mean by that, Bishop? Cut us. Well, John's Gospel, 15th chapter, Jesus is talking about, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And he goes to talking about the pruning process, the cutting back, the cutting away. And he says the reason that you have to be cut is so that you can produce. He says it this way, so that you may bear a more richer and a more excellent fruit. And that's what you want to look for. It's fruit in a person's life. Fruit doesn't lie. Because a tree can only produce what's in it, the seed that's in itself. That's the only fruit it can produce. That's why Jesus is into talking about an evil tree can't produce good fruit and a good tree can't produce evil fruit. But here is the thing that God really wants from us. And I'm going to leave you all with this one unless Pastor Powell is going to say something else. But I'm going to leave you all with this one. Because after the cutting, I think the first thing the mind can go to, okay, um, I'm going to be fruitful now, just like the rose bush. No, Jesus says, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Listen to what I'm going to say. Does your life give glory to God? I believe that's where God's trying to get us to the point where our lives give glory to Him. This is a question we need to ask ourselves. Does my life... My conversation. Give God the glory that's due to Him. And let's start doing it. Really, let, let's really reflect who we are. We create an image and likeness of God. It's time for us to act like God's kids. Remember, let's not move from sonship, restoration. Our word for the year is restoration. We're being restored to sonship. You have a new name. Let's not forget that. You're sons of God. Then let's let everything we do reflect that. Our behavior, our attitude, our emotions, our language, reflect that God is helping me become the best version of myself. Amen. Wow. May God bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you peace. Father, as we travel today, I thank you that Traveling grace and mercy has gone before us. Whether we travel through car, walk, ride a bike, motorcycle, train, airplane. Get us all to our destinations. and Back home safely. Then no sickness, harm, or danger will come near our dwelling. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your loving kindness. And we also, Father, thank you for your tender mercies. You are good, Father. And Father, from this day forward, may we live to glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank... Pastor Powell, Sister Shirley Berg for being with us this morning. We've had a very powerful morning. It's sobering, man. i I, I mean, I feel this one in the core of my spirit. Um we've had a wonderful time this morning. I pray you've enjoyed it just as much as we've enjoyed it. I know I have. And so, hey, make today great by making today count. And look for an opportunity to in some way, minister to Christ minister Christ to someone who's in desperate need of waking up to the reality of who God called them to be. Amen. This is Sister Shirley Burke, Pastor Tommy Powell, and Bishop. We're signing off this morning. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Let us open the line.